0: All right, today we have a very special guest. We have, he is an anchor, he's worked for Marvel in D.C., he has his own books, he's a publisher, he's a podcaster, his name is Richard Heroda, and he will be on the show tonight, so let's get it. (laughs) show for independence all around, giving you a platform to spread your word all over town. Cast the Craze is the place to promote to your fans with the dream of Adina and Sam the Crazy Man. Subscribe to our show and never miss an episode. It's time to get your man to listen to what's on the go. Updated every week, we never miss a day. Join the squad, come on in. It's time to cast the craze. If you are an independent, cast, cast the craze. craze. Making moves on your
1: own, cast the craze.
0: On your grind in the streets, cast the craze. Join the movement! Catch the craze! Yeah, George, we did it again. Come on now. You now you want to do it. Catch the craze. Welcome to Catch the Crazy Podcast. I'm your host with the most Sam, the crazy man, Vera, and I am with Solo. George is not here. I don't know what's up. George was supposed to be back this week. Um, He, was, he spent two weeks in Europe, you know, traveling the Riviera, wherever he was, and um, he was supposed to be back this week. I haven't heard from him yet, so hoping everything is good, so we don't know. So I'm flying this ship Dolo, but we're going to be talking to a fantastic creator who's going to be giving us the skinny on his career, as well as his Kickstarter campaign that is getting ready to launch the roaring. And, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, the landing page is in the summary. There it is. There are 49 people as of this show who have signed up. I'm sure by the time it airs, there's going to be a whole lot more, but, um, yeah. So before we get, we have to get some, uh, housekeeping stuff in order. So First of all, okay, George is not back, but um, the show still goes on. So we, uh, for the past three weeks, I've been running it dolo, and it's been going smoothly. I want to say thank you to everybody who's subscribed in the past couple of weeks. Our subscriber base has gone up um, each week, which is pretty dope. And if you haven't done so already, you know, every day, with the exception of today, but every day I've been going online, usually between 12 and 3 in the afternoon, and been doing... Um, Doing my live streams, my drawing streams, drawing duty from there's an alien in my toilet. And uh, just want us to give a shout out to everybody who's been joining the live streams. If you want to see the character and um, watch me draw and color, usually I'm doing either page layouts or character designs or whatever it is, Um, but it's every day, um, usually around the same time period. And uh, also there's an alien in my toilet issue number three launches officially in September. So Check it out. The landing page will be going up sometime in this month. Um, it'll be up before August, and um, but I'm waiting to uh, get the stuff back from the printers and ship it out to everybody from issue number two. So everything goes out to the printers uh, Friday because uh, Kickstarter pays me on Thursday. So everything goes uh, Friday. As soon as I get the payment in the bank, it ships out to printing, and uh, hopefully two-week turnaround, you'll get it. So issue three launches in September. September. And this one's going to be a doozy. Um, and then uh, anybody in the Texas area in the month of August, I will be at the Arlington Comic Fest, uh, August 20th through the 21st. Uh, so if you want to join me there, I will be doing commissions. I'll be signing books. I'll be in Artist Alley. It's going to be fun. It'll be my first time. There. In fact, every convention that I'm doing in Texas is my first, So, which is pretty dope. And then in um, the week after, I have a one-day family-friendly kids event called the denton comic art exposition where i'll be there um with my wife and my niece and they will be painting faces and i'll be you know um hopefully hopefully moving a lot of duty books um with the the kids and the family so that's going to be fun and then in october i'll be at the dallas fan festival it's a three-day event it's um uh fan expo Runs it and it's from the 14th to the 16th. So join me there. I'll be in Honest Alley. And then right after that, the week after, I'll be at the Cowtown Comic Con, the 22nd to the 23rd. So there's a um. those are, I believe, are the last shows. I'm trying to book a show for December, but we'll see what's to come. Um, but those are the shows I will be at then. And uh, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the channel. You know, when you subscribe, the channel grows. When we grow, so does the indie community, right? So more eyes on the show. That means more eyes on our guests and their endeavors. And that's why we bring them on to expose them to you. Um, and we appreciate your support. So if you're watching the show, give us a thumbs up, like, subscribe, share it with a friend. If you're listening to us on streaming platforms like Spotify, um, Pandora, iHeartRadio, uh, head over to the YouTube channel and give us a subscribe. It doesn't cost you a thing. It's free. Um, and it'll be fun. And if you're on those streaming platforms, you know, rate us, give us a good rating. Let us know why you listen to Cast the Crazy Podcast. Because we are the indie podcast communities podcast. Just saying, we've been doing this since 05. We know what we're doing. Just a little bit, just a little bit. And don't forget, every Thursday mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the morning brew with the crazy crew, where we talk about topics from the Crazy LS, and we talk to you. Live chat with the audience and uh, get your feedback on some interesting pop culture topics. Um, So, yeah, so let's I think I covered just about everything. So before um, we do anything else, I'm going to plug. uh, Now, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell you to listen to these guys because they know what they're talking about and they want you to do what I'm asking you to do and subscribe to catch the craze. So let them. Here's a word from our previous guest. It's Monty Moore. I am a 30-year comics veteran in comics, games, and movies, and you've been watching one of my absolute favorite
1: podcasts, Catch the Craze. You are watching Catch the Craze. What am I listening to? And You're listening to Catch the Craze. Where are all the indies at? A Catch the Craze podcast. What are you watching? I'm watching Catch the Craze. What are you going to do?
0: Subscribe now to Catch the Craze, the number one show online for independent.
1: Have you subscribed to?
0: You are an independent. Catch the Craze. Making moves on your own. Catch the Craze. On your grind in the streets. Catch the Craze. Join the movement. Catch the Craze. And now, without further ado, the man of the hour. Let's bring him in. What's up, Rich? welcome to the show what was that oh my god
1: I it was like a, it was like a, a, a force from the heavens what, what happened oh my god ah. again
0: that was a cheering section it. we can't afford a crowd but we could pay one person to
1: cheer god is that you god god you sound like a you sound like a chick <laughs> and I thought you were wow! I thought you were an old bearded guy. <laughs> man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it, 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 things are nebulous for me, especially the time of the day I am right now. So it's like well, I uh, know I morning.
0: Mean, you're, you're coming from across the
1: globe, across the pond. Yes, it is now uh, seven minutes after midnight here, the witching hour. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm just chilling. I'm having a good time. And I'm honored that I am on this show. Thank you for having me. Thank you very well, much. Anytime, I appreciate bro. it. You know. Yeah, yeah. The first
0: time I met you was on Pops show and um, you know, from that yeah. point,
1: view, like,
0: hey, this guy has to be on the show. He he's our kind of guy. We gotta get him on the show.
1: Pop, Pop's is nuts. He 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 gives me free reign, which means he doesn't do anything to stop me at all, which is great. You know, because yeah. I have like a I have a I have a filter as dense as air, so it's just going to keep going whatever it's going to go, man. But, uh, yeah, yeah um, I'm excited to be here. And, um, oh. yeah, ask me anything you want, man. Uh, uh, no holds barred, you know, whatever you want to know.
0: Absolutely. So, first, for starters, uh, let everybody know who we are talking to.
1: Okay, my mm-hmm. name is Rich Parada. I started at Marvel Comics, my first professional art job in 1994. So yeah, I'm a lot older than I look, or maybe it's just the Photoshop filter that I'm using. Uh, I Worked for them for about ten years. I started as an anchor, and I I think I worked on every conceivable title that they had at one point or another, except for Doctor Strange, I think, and maybe uh, yeah, and Fantastic Four. But that that's really it. You know, I worked on every single, I inked on every single book that you could possibly think of. I did that for about 10 years. And then at that point, I got married to my first wife, Uh, moved to North Carolina for a bit. And then I decided after five years, you know, I kind of really don't like doing the domestic things. So I decided to uh, work for DC Comics, work for them for a couple of years, inking on Booster Gold and uh, the limited series, The Ray. That lasted about two years. And then it was right around then I was I just said to myself, you know what, I think I'm going to I'm going to go to penciling because for me, I already. Cross that Rubicon, you know. I already approached that thing where it's like I work for Marvel, for DC. Good, I'm, I'm good. Right. You know, that's it. You know, because it's a rather hard thing to do to get in. And I, it was luck. As it might have been some skill, but it's also luck. Sorry about my hair. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but um, no, it's it, it's luck and skill that I got into Marvel and a DC, and, and the fact that I had like a twelve. 12- 12 and a half year career over there is just, just blows my mind. It does sometimes.
0: It's fantastic. I mean, I think it, uh, I think it's like, it was, it was a point where I think it was every aspiring creators dream at one yeah. point or another was to break into the big two.
1: Yeah. And Marvel comics was my first art job, the very first one. So you knew at that, it, it all went downhill from there. <laughs> you know, that was it. You know, I, I I hit the ape. I, I got the helicopter lifted to the top of the the big old mountain, and it's been a big snowball roll downhill ever since. So you know, my life now sucks. But you know, it's, it's... <laughs> but um no. Nah, and in and, uh, 2013, I decided to start penciling, and I inked my own work, of course. And um, for a while, I, I did rather well. I was working on three or four different studios or something for quite some time while I was finishing a bachelor's degree in a. English creative writing because my aspiration was to be a my aspiration was to be a teacher. But um right. things changed in my life and uh now I'm I'm probably going to be a teacher here in the UK and um I'm most likely I mean I'm I'm definitely writing some of my stuff and in uh when I moved to the UK in 2020 it was a couple of weeks before quarantine that was fun. And um I might have said this on uh Pops's broadcast before. Um I had about a couple of months after I arrived here, I had, I found that I had cancer.
0: Oh, wow. Sorry.
1: Yeah, that sucked. That, that was, that was not fun because it's like, okay, COVID. So I got to stay inside all the way to begin with. And now it's like, Ooh, cancer. Hmm. Yummy. And, uh, let's see if I can even, let's see if I even have it. Um, I don't know if you could see it anymore, but I have a scar that runs all the way down right on the side of my neck. If you see that. Yeah. Uh, They didn't find the cancer immediately, and that scared the shit out of me because, pardon my language, because it, um, it, it because it, now, I have a couple of other relatives of mine who passed away from cancer, but it was your standard, like, cancer that you may get if it's hereditary. The cancer I had is not hereditary, so I didn't know what was going to happen, so um, when that happened, um, they cut from the back of my ear to my clavicle, pulled me open. And then took a like a, a, a Highlander sword and went like this and, and literally I'm dead serious. They cut my neck muscle on this side in half to get into the chest cavity to pull out the damn lymph nodes, all 90 something of them, which I thought was great. You know, so it's like here I am. I have these hellacious stitches going down there, and I'm I'm pissed at the surgeon, not because he didn't do a good job, he did. I wanted him to heal it with a blowtorch. Oh shit! So then I would be he like, "That's Rambo." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, bro, check that out. You should see the other dragon." You know, <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. Wow. So there was that, and um, but yeah, I, I came away with it, and um, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. I, I'm all clear. I, I'm just going. I, I get the occasional checkup now, every so often, with the camera up my nose and down my nose, which yeah, is not. Pleasant. I've had it
0: done. I had a bleeding ulcer, and it
1: sucks. Oh, it's <laughs> the worst. Yeah, like it, the thing's going down the nose gullet thing, and it's like my eyes are tearing uncontrollably, yes. and I can't stop it. Yes. And I'm not crying because it hurts. I'm like, "You." Bastard! Stop! Yes. And it's like I'm gagging when it's happening. I'm like, I know, I know. It's, it's he and, and the doctor. He's like, oh, "Don't worry, it's, it should be fine. Don't worry." And it's just like jam, 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 jam. And I'm yeah. like, "That's enough!" And he hits vocal cord. Take the camera down your throat. And, yes, uh, that's yeah. what I'm. That's what I'm saying. It's yes. just like the camera goes all the way to my voice box, and I'm looking yeah. at myself
0: talking. I'm like, "Wow, I look weird." Yeah, yeah. That's what happens. I stopped gagging when I saw my stomach on the
1: screen. <laughs> I like, oh, "Oh shit!" like, "Oh, I had that yesterday. Oh yes. god, that looks terrible now. Oh, oh my god!" <laughs> it's like that's what food looks like after it's digested. ew man, I'm never eating again. Shit, I know, right? I'm gonna be a model. I'm gonna be one of those bulimic models. Barf, you know. So it's, it's there's that. But um, the 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 cancer. See, um, it sounds silly, but you know, you don't know if you're gonna die. Yeah, you don't know if you're gonna die. Yeah. So um, one of the things I wanted to do more than anything was publish, uh, self-publish my own thing. Now um, the first book I put out was a book called The Incantessi. It was about a girl who discovers that she has vast mystical powers, and she has to, and she's destined to take to uh, protect the world from this otherworldly sorceress called the Wrath. Now I did that. I drew it, wrote it colored it, lettered it, distributed it, fulfilled it, all the damn thing. And uh, I did a 48 page book in about five months with all that stuff, because I was like, all right, I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. And Mm -hmm. I did, and uh, I got a good reception out of it. And then I started with a second issue. And I noticed that when I did that, I just wanted to put something out. So I wanted to leave a legacy behind. right? in case anything happened, but nothing happened. So now I put that to the side, and uh, I put that to the side because there's still a great story there. I just have to rejigger it, and I'm going to have to bite the bullet on a little bit right. because a lot of people invested on chapters one and two. So I'm going to combine those and do stuff with chapters three and four, put those together, and see what I can come up with. But until then, because I really love that character, And as a matter of fact, I have her copyrighted, so that's awesome. But um, I I had another story that I wanted to do for a while. And um, I figured no better time than now because I'm putting that on the side. And I felt like my art and my storytelling matured a lot more. So that's where we have this one right now called The Roaring. Now, this book is about a group of flappers in the 1920s. With the who are determined and have a singular goal to take over all of organized crime in 1920 Chicago, and they will do any they will use any and all means to accomplish this goal. Nothing is outside of their bounds, and as we will see in the pages of in the first few pages of the story, which I will send to you by the way, because it's like I've already I've thumbnailed the book up the page. 15. I'm going to do some more thumbnails tomorrow. I should finish thumbnailing the book by Friday. And I'll have the whole, I already have like 10 pages penciled already and inked and ready to go. So I'm good with that. And, um, and what else? What, what was I going to say? Yeah. And, um, the Kickstarter is going to launch on August 2nd. And, um, I'm really excited for the story. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I have to go back to the story. Forgive me again. It's late. Yeah. So
0: before you um, do, um please. I'm sorry. Me I'm know sorry. What a flapper is?
1: Oh, a, a flapper is a term that was given. It, it, it's like a. It's like a, coquettish or. A, it's it's like a somewhat semi flattering term about a, a a very footloose and fancy free girl in the in the 1920s. You know that they, they threw away their bras and they wore pants you know and it's like they were voting you know so it's it's like they had this it hell women, dare they. women back then had the had the most personal freedom at that point in time i mean that a lot of the women in the 20s they wore very very revealing outfits they looked great sexy as all hell they really did and they and um the the freedom that they that they enjoyed that that women enjoyed in that decade it was one of the greatest decades ever the music the 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 art the style everything was so sleek and it was so perfect it was really it was really one of the best best decades America ever had so period what was you it, know
0: what was so obvious what was the trigger where was that moment where you were sitting down and you said. You know, I appreciate this era so much. I want to create a story around it. Where were, where were you at that time and what was the spark? Uh,
1: the spark was that I wanted to, te- I wanted to tell a story that I was going to do. Um, I was going to do an alternate history of Chicago about 500 years in the future or something with some cybernetic uh, assassin type thing. But I really wasn't. I, I was like, and eh, I'm not truly into that that much. You know, and, and then I thought of, um, and the, I just wanted to hearken back to the rate, to, to the actual time, you know, in the 1920s, I didn't feel like having to like recreate an entire universe out of all that. I wanted something that I had to base it on. So I decided to do that. And then I just, I mean, I've always been fascinated one way or the other with the 1920s and, um, it was just something as simple as just taking a look at some 1920s architecture when I saw a bunch of flapper girls and some of those outfits that they wore when they were dancing. And, and they all had it's so many of those like, like flares and the way that they were dressed, they would have the feathers in their hair and all the jewelry and all that. And, you know, and the spaghetti straps, it, it's just such a, they just look so damn good. And I was just like, I have to do something about this. I have to do something. So I thought of it and I'm like, okay, what are they going to do? Just dance around and have their boobs slip out? No. I mean, with some areas that might work, but not, you know, not with me. You know, I actually want a story. Yes. This is some of the art from that, by the way. Yes. And. um, It's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you very much, man. And uh, I decided that I'm just going to, you know what? I'm going to have the villains win on this one. Maybe depending, <laughs> depending on how I feel. Right. But uh, I wanted a story that was going to be villain centric. I wanted to have something like that. You know, it's like, also, um, there's a movie that inspired me to have like the, the bad guy win. Have you ever seen the movie Payback with uh, Mel Gibson? <sighs> it it's a, a long time ago. It was like 1999. I think it was based in Philadelphia. Greg Henry was in it. Uh, Chris Christopherson was in it. Uh, a lot of older actors, James Coburn, William Devane. Wow. Uh, one of the chicks from ER or something like that. I don't know. The she How's was the premise? The premise was, uh, the premise was uh, Mel Gibson was a thief. He uh, carried out a heist with his best friend and his and uh, and Mel Gibson's wife and Mel Gibson's best friend, and uh, they uh, stole one hundred and fifty thousand dollars from the triads or something like that, and they got away with it. All right, but um. It turns out that um, his wife and his best friend were having an affair and they decided to like take the rest of the money from him. So his best friend shot him about four or five times. Oh, you know, he survived. He survived, of course. Oh, you have to see. Well, he survived, you know, but now he has this whole vengeance thing. He's looking for the guy and he's going to all these other mobsters like called the outfit where it's just it's like, okay, we're going to go over here and I'm going to. Kill every one of these guys until you tell me where the rest of my money is. And it's like I hear you looking for one hundred fifty. He's like, no, seventy, because he already had the seventy from the first one. It's weird, you know. So he's like, I just want seventy thousand. I'm good. And he's like, no. And so he kills the guy, you know. And it's just this whole elaborate thing where it's like the good, the bad guy gets away with it. He wins. He rides off into the sunset with his wife. No, not his wife. uh, Not his wife. This girl. Who um, he used to show for around, you know, when he was working for the mob or something like that, you know, to uh, help out some friends or something like that. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like, it right. turns out that this uh this high paid prostitute has a heart of gold and she loves Mel Gibson's character so much, you know. But hey, you know, <laughs> it comes in all shapes and sizes, I guess. Girls love bad and, guys. Uh, they love, bad guys. yeah, I know. You gotta love bad guys to get the hottest chicks, you know. So it's like, yeah. yeah, that's right. You know, even Loki in his show, he, he got to um kiss himself. What a narcissist, man. I swear, if you tell him to go F himself, he can. You know, oh it's God. like, all right, hey, hey. If I ever met my variant, forget it. I, I get myself pregnant a lot, you know? So, yeah. I know, I'm a sick bastard, forgive me. It is late. I'm going gonna, gonna to keep using that. But... um that movie inspired me because it's like not every single story has to have a hero win. Not every right. single story has to have a happy ending. Right. You know, it, it's like I think a lot of and there has to be some sort of like um this disadva- disadvantage with the main protagonists of the story. I mean, yeah, they're they're the girls in question. You know, they're kind of crazy, but you know, they have the same human foibles that we all do. And I've made sure that I've developed the characters to a point where their personalities will eventually clash and things will happen. Now, now one of the other elements of the story is that uh, one of the girls, one of the girls who are the flappers, in the beginning of the story, she winds up dying. And it turns out her sister is a police officer. She's one of she's in this alternate history. She's one of the first police officers in Chicago. And uh, she accepts an offer to go undercover as one of the Flapper Girls. And uh, her job is to bring them to the justice or maybe destroy them from within, depending on how she feels. And we're going to see if that happens.
0: Wow. That's uh, fantastic. I mean, um, what's the goal? Of, is this like an ongoing series, a one-shot?
1: It's a six-issue series. It's a six-issue series. It, 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 six series. And one thing that I learned about working on my first series was the first issue was the first one was a graphic novel miniseries, so I had 48 pages on that one. And because of the su- because of the moderate success I had for that one, I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna I'll, I'll do another one and I'll put more pages in it because it'll be awesome. Right. And I did that in like half the time, which means I did not sleep. And that's when the story got a little jumbled and it was this that and the other. I'm like, you know what? Let me just take my time with this. This one will probably be about between 26 and 28 pages. So each issue is going to be right around that many pages, right around there. But it's going to be released quarterly, you know, once every three months. And that's far more manageable than having to put together 48 or 56 pages or something like that. I already have the script for issue two all the way up to, like, page 12 or 13 or something. And I've already plotted out issues three, four, five, and six. I have to determine which way the story is going to end. Right. But, yeah, it, it's going to last until 2024, like the beginning of 2024. But I'm also going to launch another series in the beginning of next year because if I get everything down to a pattern, which I think I can manage, yeah, I'll be putting out quite a bit because I like doing that stuff. So, so, yeah. so,
0: so the, the key word manage. So what does your day look like with regards to your creative work?
1: Well, the first if I'm going to go from start to like complete start to finish for an issue, okay. Well, the first thing I have to do is write the thing. First thing I have to do is write it out. So I got to plot it out, you know. And I I do um just like what any other writer usually does, like word vomit. Blah. I'm just going to throw whatever it is out there and see where it sticks or where I have to clean it up or I have to throw it away. So I I'm just and I I don't type anything. I get a I get a regular notebook and I just write it down because you would my my uh my writing teacher my creative writing teacher told me that if you write all your stuff down you get a little bit more of a connection with the book or right. the or, or the story that you have because it's tangible you know when, when you're typing on a screen or something like that it doesn't really help you know you're not really establishing a connection right but if, if you write it down you're like okay you're taking your time and your thoughts because you can't write nearly as fast as you type and he's right so it was like okay i'll do that and um once I get a decent idea of how the plot is going to be, um, I start typing in what passes for the dialogue. Now, once the dialogue is in, that's fine. And, and then um, once I finish the whole thing and I know where it's going to go, how many pages it's going to be, because it's, it's like I'm turning chaos into order. You know what I mean? It's just, I just mold everything into one shot. And then once all the writing is done, "Quote unquote done." I start drawing the pages, and I realized with my narrative eye, that as I go along, there could be a couple of things that I can change in, in the story because it'll just make the dialogue flow better, right? You know, and that's already happened. I've already added a couple of extra pages to this issue because I'm like, you know what? I could pull this out a little bit more. I can I can stretch it to here. I can move it there. You know, it, it's it's like you know, it's, it, it's like feature creep, you know, it's feature creep in a video game where you see something that's really cool and you want to put it into the thing, but you have to worry, you have to watch out for it because you wind up adding too much,
0: Yeah.
1: you know, and then it, then it, it takes you forever just to finish the damn thing up. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to stick with this. I'm not going to do this crazy plot point. Cause if I do, it'll take me forever. So um, I plot out, I, I do layouts digitally because then I can move some of the elements of the pages. Right. And then I print them out and then I lightbox them onto a Bristol board and then I draw them traditionally. So it's, it's like, yeah, I, I have the feeling of like trying to draw the damn thing out too. And it's so much fun. <laughs> uh, I love doing that. And then, and then I take a picture of my little digital camera, kachink, And then I just, up, I, I send it in messenger to one of my friends saying, Hey, I'm using these a clipboard. So don't worry about it. So I just download the picture. I put it on Photoshop or clip, clip studio art. And uh, I digitally ink it, and then I digitally color it, and then I, I'm going to get it sent off to get lettered this time, and it's going to be good. Wow. But yeah, it, it, it's like one step at a time. You have to do one step at a time as close as you possibly can to completion. It's never going to be com- completely done up until you finish everything. And even then, you could probably still look at a couple things and say, you know, I could have done this better. Right.
0: So, why the extra step with the light boxing and and, and going over what you could have just done on? Because
1: well, well, I don't like drawing digitally. I don't like it. I, I don't I, I, inking digitally. I know it sounds it's the same, right. but inking digitally is for for me inking. I've done enough of it, you know. Where it's like I don't have. to, I don't really don't feel like investing in ink or brushes anymore because they get expensive after a while. Right. And um, I love the feel of a of a pencil hitting the paper. I mean, I use the digital platform for layouts, strictly for layouts. I don't draw pages that way. I have pages of art that's on the actual paper itself. Right. You know, and it, it's penciled and it's there and it's ready to go. And it's it's like I just I love I've always done that anyway. You know, so it's just like that's just how I do things. It's for my own personal thing, and you know, and no offense in Kickstarter campaigns. The last one that I had for Incantesti Chapter Two, I had about ten pages, the ten traditionally drawn pages, just for the sake of it. You know, put them up as rewards. Nine of them went in less than twenty-four hours.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. Yes,
1: yeah, so, yeah, and it, it took a it took a week later for the double page spread to be purchased. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you know. <laughs> The big ticket uh, yes. well I don't do it just for the sale of them you know it, it, it's like I, I bring them to conventions with me and it's like pe- people when they come to my table they ask questions how do you do this what made you want to do this how long does it take you to do a page which right. is the least important element to drawing a page it doesn't matter how long it takes as long as it gets done and as long as it looks great
0: absolutely, absolutely. That, yes sir yes cool. sir That's fantastic. So, you know, I know there's a lot of um, illustrators out there that prefer, you know, traditional versus digital. Um, I I bounce between the both. I bounce between the two.
1: Um, Yeah, that's what I do. You know, I draw traditionally and I I ink digitally.
0: Yes, that's fantastic. So, tell us about tell us about the main character in the series.
1: The main characters. There's three of them. If you want to pull up the. Po- the part with the girls, with the cover. Uh-huh. Can we do that? Can we see the cover art? Is that possible? This one. Yeah, the 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 girls on the left. Right. Those are the girls. The one on the top. Her name is Ruth Alden. She is the de facto leader of the group. She's kind of like a female Gus Fring, if you want to put her that way. If, you, like if you're a break. Yeah. If you, if you um. If you want to put her in that type of category, she's definitely um, she she her character is a lot like Gus Spring, very methodical, smiles when she has to, wiggles her boobs when she has to, and shoves a glass, a broken glass into your eye if she has to. You know, it, it's whatever it is to get done, to get whatever she want, whatever goal she needs to get to, that's what she will do. There, there is nothing stopping her. Now the blonde. A very amply bosomed blonde over there. Her name is Dorothy Barlow. Um, she is one step away from being a sociopath, but does virtually everything that Ruth asks her to do. You know, she she's very handy with a couple of with, with a pair of with Tommy guns or any other type of shooting weapon. She's kind of insane. She wears a heart on her sleeve, but she's evil. That there is not a good own in her body, not at all. And last but not least, on the lower on the lower right with the green, her name is Ginny. And, and her name is Ginny. Ginny uh, Thatcher, um, born in the UK, but moved to the United States when she was a kid. She has a photographic memory, so a lot of times if she's if they're going to scope out a place where the mobsters are going to be, she goes there to do do a little reconnaissance, you know. And she's like, okay, this is where this is. This is where the safe is. This is where the money's at. This is how we get these guys. This is the room where they all go in, and that's the death trap. You know, she does all that, and she remembers it. She's also deadly accurate with throwing knives. Wow. That's so a- there's cool. that. So, so they're all a little bit that way. But, uh, you see, Ginny, I'm going to see what she does, because she's not as driven as Ruth is. By that, I mean not as... You know, forgive the term ruthless. Right, and um, she's not even. She's definitely a lot calmer and a lot less sociopathic than Dorothy is. So we don't know what she's going to do. She may see something that she doesn't like, like she really does not like. I mean, she doesn't like the mobsters anyway. But she, that that's more of like a, it's not a personal thing. You know, she just doesn't like people who do harm to others. But she will do harm to them. You know what I mean? It, it's a little bit of a dichotomy with her.
0: Right. That's fantastic. <sighs> so, so you know you have the you know your three main characters. Now mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure that you have some supporting cast. Who is there any specific character in the story that sticks out that maybe gives them a little run for their money?
1: Yes, there, there is one. Uh, Officer Sophie Grant. Uh, it turns out one of the Flapper Girls. Uh, one it turns out one of the Flapper Girls has a special connection with Sophie Grant. And uh, she winds up dead in the first issue. You know, you'll see uh, everybody will see how because the way that I'm putting the story together, you'll see how. Right. And um, there's her, and then there's and then there's Chief Carter, uh, Police Chief Carter for the twenty second district. Um, he's skeptical of her in the beginning because of the relationship that Sophie Grant had with this other particular flapper who happens to have the name Millicent Grant that's a relative let's just put it that way and she's like well and instead of i mean i he's being a bastard with her he's just like well yeah i'm sorry that you know this person's dead but how do we know you don't know where they are
0: right
1: that's your sis that that's like your sister that that's your cousin whatever it might be you know and it's just she's like i do not know and he's like well you need to identify the body and then we're going to have to talk to you afterwards, you know, so that carries over to issue two and that's revealed at the end. So nice. fantastic. yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be one hell of a ride.
0: Now your campaign, uh, is it a 30 day campaign? How long are you running it for?
1: It's a 30 day campaign. I am starting it on uh, August 2nd and it's going to end on September 2nd.
0: Nice, fantastic. Fantastic. And
1: on September 2nd. Yeah, man.
0: Yes. So, you know, just just really quick, because we didn't touch on it. What, I'm inspired, sorry. what inspired you to get into comics in the first place?
1: Oh, God. My uh, my father. Well, indirectly, my father. Uh, I was home. I was about four years old. I was living in Brooklyn. And uh, my father decides to bring home uh, a Shazam Firestorm annual comic book from wow. 1973. Yeah, I know. And uh, a Super Friends coloring book with some crayons. Now, what I... Did, and he had some paper with him, too. So what I did was I started looking at some of the superheroes as I was... Four. I was four when this is happening. Uh, I was looking at the superheroes, and I just picked up a unknown pencil. Unknown I started drawing. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Sorry. No, I didn't know that my phone was connected to my Bluetooth. Okay.
1: That's right. Um, I started... Mimicking and and copying the drawing of the superheroes just by eyesight, you know, looking at that and then transferring onto paper without, like, without tracing it or anything. And um, what else did I do? When I got that Super Friends coloring book, I started. um, Not only did I color within the lines, but I also applied shading, you know, and depth. I was like, oh, well, I, I think I'm pretty good at this. And then one day, I decided out of nowhere, I learned how to make a flip book, one of those little cartoon flippy book thingies. Right. When I was about five, you know. But you know, my twisted brain. Um, God, I remember the. I remember it very vividly. For some reason, I had a I had a pregnant rat scurry across the bottom of the page, eat a eat an M eighty firecracker, and it explodes, and all of its babies flew to the moon. Oof. Yeah, I know. That, uh, that is definitely special. <laughs> <it's, that's>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time I've said it. So uh, this is your scoop, man. This is the scoop where it's, it's like Rich Parada is, <laughs> is a cartoonist, you know, all around decent human being. He's actually a sociopath. Yeah. So, you know, he, he dreams of rats explode, pregnant rats exploding. That's just crazy. Holy crap. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I <laughs> I'm I'm blaming the lack of sleep for that one too. I'm just gonna keep throwing that as an excuse. I might as well. Because I don't know if it'll work, but maybe it will. Who knows?
0: Nice. But uh,
1: yeah. But yeah, I start, I started drawing a lot when I was a kid. I even had my own comic strips, you know. I, I did the comic strips as you see in the Sunday funny papers. You know, and I, I loved it. I watched all the superhero cartoons around that time and I did all that stuff, man. I, I was I was entrenched in it entrenched in it it was part of me that was it I was done I knew what I wanted to do so
0: what led you to Marvel's doorsteps how did that happen
1: that was an internship uh that was I was uh at New York City College of Technology I was studying advertising design and I have to credit my former girlfriend at that time Jeannie who uh I was at the College of Staten Island and we met there and uh i I wanted to do advertising design, but they didn't have any of the software that was required. They barely had Photoshop or anything like that around that time. And uh, she goes, why don't you go to this school? And uh, we worked it out. She helped me out tremendously with that. So I went there for a couple of years. And then um, after I did that, um, during my last semester, um, I was just drawing something on one of my, I was just drawing a superhero or whatnot, you know, with my friend Eric. And uh, the head of the department comes in. He's looking at my art, and he goes, "Richard, can you come in for a bit?" I go, "Yeah, sure." And he goes, "Listen, I need you. Uh, there's something I want to interest in, interest you in." They go, "What was that?" And he goes, "Would you like to have an internship at Marvel Comics?" Now, being all of twenty three years old at the time, I'm thinking, "Nah, that's for babies." What the hell am I going to do with comic books, man? That's lame. I want. I don't. I don't want to. I want to be with the cool kids, you know. I don't want to be on comics, blarf. And he goes, "Well, I'll tell you what." You know, you got to take it anyway. You need an internship to graduate. So I, I, I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. So I go up there, and I'm a kid again. As soon as I get off on the door, on the 10th floor at 387 Park Avenue South, I was like, oh my god, I'm in the office where they publish Marvel comics. I'm like, it didn't hit me for like a month. I was like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? This is incredible. <laughs> so and anyway, uh, two months later, uh, they um, I got offered a job at the at the art corrections department, and I spent a year and a half there, you know, correcting actual comic book pages of any type of errors that they had. I was I was like, oh my god, and that's where I honed my skill. Also, working with the immortal Keith Williams, who I was his assistant. Keith Williams has been an anchor in this industry for about forty years. He's one of the best men I've ever known. I love him like a father. Yeah, he's he I, taught I me
0: everything. Yeah,
1: I, he taught me everything he knew. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have a career. I wouldn't have anything. Trust me. And uh, he taught me everything he knew. And because of that was the reason why I had a career at Marvel. And wow. it's been like that ever since. And I have I've never left. I've never planned on leaving. You might as well just – I'll die on my drafting table. At least that's my dream. You know, if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die on a drafting table.
0: That's you know, or saving the
1: universe or saving the universe in some strange way. I don't know.
0: Right? There you go. I you mean, know. yeah, doing yeah. what you love, you know.
1: Yeah, good death is its own reward, and that's it. You know, so it's it's like, yeah, if I'm gonna if I ever pass away or anything like that, it has to be on my drafting table, you know, saving the earth from a minute of doom. It's one of those things.
0: Yeah, I think I was on a panel with Keith at um Eternal Con last year.
1: Oh god, he is a class act. That man is a I Emin mean, is an angel. He's a godsend.
0: Yeah, he's a really One good of the guy.
1: Best man, really, truly, the best man I've ever known. One of the very, very few people who have any faith in me at all. My family, friends, ex girlfriends, ex wife, you know, they all did not like what I did. They hated it.
0: Yeah, I don't think and anybody. Like, That's not my
1: problem. It. I'm sorry?
0: I don't think most people do because they don't understand. Well, they didn't understand at that time how you can yeah. make a living on doing comics, you know, yeah. even if you provided all the examples of the people who are, who have careers in it, they, they, they wouldn't get it because it wasn't their world. And, and, That's know, right. and society's program to, you know, you have to become a doctor or a lawyer, you know, a policeman of, you know, all these, a nurse, yeah. you know, you know, so it's like, everyone's looking for something else outside of, you know, if it's, it's not part of the status quo, you know, doesn't no, make it's no it's sense, you know,
1: no, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to them, and I, I don't resent them for it. But I hate that I didn't like the fact that it was like at a point where I would be met with scorn with my family. You know, it's it's like right. people that I've people that my family knew for like decades had no idea that I was even in the comic industry, and this is like a couple of decades after I worked for Marvel. Wow. So it was like, yeah, it was like, it was like a big shame to them or something like that, which is fine with me. I don't care. 'Cause I'm yeah. like, yeah, okay, my name my name is on, I don't know, about maybe a million copies of Marvel and DC comics throughout the planet. All right, that's fine. People have an idea of who I might be. And I left something behind. I left something behind. When I pass on to the next next dimension and everything, um there'll be a kid one day who looks up a certain comic and is gonna say, Hey, I know that hey, I know who that is. You know, it's like I've seen that guy. Right. So Right. Yeah, well, man, fantastic. I'm pleased. Yes, it is. Yes, it that's is. Fantastic. And all so, all so, of us have that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's you know one of the things. I think if you if you look at your journey as that, mm-hmm. you know, what do I want to leave behind and what are we going to be known for? You know, why not being know, known for something that was your purpose identified, right? I think most people don't understand their purpose, right? And so you found no, no. your purpose, and and I think and that's the, that's the best part of it, you know. You know, know, it's like, I left my staff doing what I loved.
1: Yeah. You love what you do. It's clear. It (laughs) is clear as day. Oh my God. If you make a comic book about poop, that that's the best, the best. (laughs) I I love it. I I think it's great. You know, it's just like the, the cartoony style of it It, is so alive. Yes, you know what I, I mean. It. It, it has such energy to it. It's just like ah yes, this is awesome, and it has poop. I love it. You know, I mean, because we we all have fascinations about poop when we're kids, and it's like oh wow, that came out of me. Oh my yeah, was... god, <laughs> it's alive. Yeah, but, you know, I was influenced by
0: the masters. You know the, the Jim Davis <laughs> and uh, you know Charles Schultz. And yeah. You know these guys are the ones that influenced me as like growing up as a kid. And uh, oh man, that's awesome. You know. You know, so I'm excited about that. So where can people find you? How can they reach you on social media? Where are you?
1: Uh, you can find me on my Twitter handle uh, at Greystoke, uh, G-R, capital greystoke T O K E two zero. I I established my Twitter right here in the UK. I'm like, all right, let me pick something British. <laughs> like, okay, Greystoke, you know, what the hell? I don't know. So uh, there's that. Uh, you can find me on my Instagram, uh, the richness art channel. I, I figured I was going to do something really hammy and make, make myself look completely conceited and arrogant. Uh, there's, um, there's my YouTube channel, which I just started going back in again because I had a little bit of an absence on that thing. Uh, it's the richness art show where it's like I, I go live every so often where I draw pages, sequential pages, from the work that I'm doing. And um, on my Facebook page, and just look for Rich Parada. It's a black and white picture of me, and that's it.
0: Outstanding. And so yes, was sir, there yes, anything sir. that we didn't cover that you'd like to let the, the audience know?
1: Uh, the campaign is active. Um, I'd l- it doesn't cost anything to follow it. You know, I, I'm not going to, I mean, if you want to back it after it opens, that's great. If you follow it, that makes it a heck of a lot better because then the then the Kickstarter algorithms they notice it, and people start noticing it more. And I and at the end of the day, just like I did with my first one and the next one I do after this, I just want to tell a really good story. And um, from what I understand so far, I have. And um, I'm just going to keep going until I get a Harvey Award or a or a Ringo Award or I don't know Oscar, you know Pulitzer, whatever the fuck I don't know.
0: There you go. The work looks fantastic. I mean, I thank you. Up. I think I'm number 49. Um so the, yeah, yeah, it looks fantastic. The you know I'm looking Thanks, forward ma'am. to it. I mean, and it's a great era. Um, and what? what yes, about, it is. You know, to create something that you're inspired by, that's always um, it produces the best stuff. So you know, wish you a lot of success in the campaign. Now, will you be launching live?
1: I'll be launching live. Yes.
0: Okay, and we are launching
1: be live? I think I will be launching on a, on the show that I usually co-host, or I may launch on another one. I'm not sure. Okay. All
0: right. You so know, but
1: to- I'm definitely going to do that, and I'll let everybody know when and where I'm going to launch. Outstanding. That's for certain. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: Okay, I know you're tired, buddy. Get some sleep. Thank you for I beating. am. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's like, he's like, come on, Sam. Let's make this happen. So, yeah, again, congratulations on everything. Congratulations Thank you. On, on beating Thank the you. The, the, the um, beating cancer, um, and uh, yes. to, to you, guys, you know, and uh, I'll be there for your live launch, buddy. So, uh, thank you, man. You got it. You have a good night, get some sleep. We'll talk soon.
1: Uh, we definitely will, man. All right, all all right. have a good one. Peace. You take care, man.
0: All right, so that was Rich Perretta, and again, all the links to his social media are in the summary, guys. Um, click that link, sign up to his landing page, go check it out if you hadn't done so already, and don't forget. As in My Toilet launches on the third of uh actually issue number three launches in September. Um, the second week of September to the date I will be listing soon. Um, don't, don't forget, check it out, sign up. This one's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna let you know here, there is a special Halloween issue. On top of issue three, there is a bonus comic uh, that I'm working on right now as we speak. Um, I'm just gonna let you know there's monsters and stuff. But uh, this is a special that'll be part of the Kickstarter for Disneyland in My Toilet. Duty goes on another adventure. This is somewhere in the future after his stint on Earth. And um, it's going to be exciting. And you're not going to want to miss that one. Um, but if you haven't done so already, I appreciate it. If you all that are watching and listening to us, head over to YouTube. If you're on YouTube right now, subscribe, like, share with a friend. Let everybody know where you can find some of the most talented and creative independents in art at. Only on Cast the Craze. I appreciate every single one of you. You all have a great evening. I'm Sam the Crazy Man Vera. I'm out. Talk to you guys soon. No, I about my friend met oh. my name. Say my name, right? <laughs> This is what
1: you were thinking. Oh, you're listening to Catch the Craze. I'm the
0: You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're
1: listening to Catch the Craze. No. You are listening to Catch the Craze This crazy. No. You're listening to Catch the Craze.